our best defense has been social distancing. No handshaking, staying home when you're sick, washing your hands frequently. Did you wash your hands? Welcome to a special edition of Old Fashioned Health on The Real 1100. As we continue to deal with the coronavirus pandemic that has affected the world over, your hosts Alvin and Edmund will be joined by medical professionals that will keep you informed, safe, and healthy inside and out. And now, here are your hosts, Alvin and Edmund. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? This is Alvin. And Edmund, what's up? What's up? Man, it seems like we've been gone away from us for about a month, don't we? It seems like we have not been on the air in some time. So hopefully it seems that way to the listeners. But you know what, man? I, I, I just got to put this in there real quick. I'm listening. Okay, so I, I've, you know, uh, in conversation with some, some friends and stuff, you know, and, and, and people, regularly they bring up the show. I told you. So they are listening. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we don't like to do nothing if it if it's not making, you know, making sense or whatever to people not paying attention, but they really are. I mean, I hear, you know, a lot of people uh, give me ideas and topics and things that we should speak on. And you know what I tell them? Matter of fact, I was on the on the phone today multitasking with a friend and um, they were saying, yo, you got to do this. and You got to uh, have this on the show and talk about this. I said, well, one thing about me is I only really like to talk about what I know about okay and i am you know well informed or or experienced in or educated on or whatever that be. i said but i can have you on the show mm-hmm. either in person or call in and you can talk about that t- topic to the people that way it's not me saying they say it someone say <laughs> it and all that it'll come directly from you since you are that source for that information. Let them come on in. COVID is oh, over. We're going to bring them in. And you know, I, listen, when I bring them in, I'm going to give them the, 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 what do you call it? The uh, the floor? Beforehand. No, I'm going to let them know. Like, listen, I will ask questions as they come to mind from what you, I'm not trying no, to like, sure I'm, no, I'm not trying to grill you, but if you're coming on the air and you are coming with this topic and this is you who you are, you, know. and what you, do, you better come with it because right. I'm asking you the questions, not me personally want to necessarily know. I also like to ask the questions that I feel the listeners may want to hear or know. And you know, they don't want to really call in all the time. Mm-mm. So I like to give it, get the information from different perspectives. So yeah. Well, you know, Doc going to call in in a few minutes. Okay. And uh, he has an interesting topic that he's talking about. All right, well, um, we're ready for it. We know he comes with the topic. To sex. Dr. Sewell is going to call in today as well. Okay. I'm not certain about Dr. Hines. For some reason, I'm thinking Dr. Hines is traveling. I'm, I'm not certain about that. But Dr. Jet said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said she's ready to go. Ready to go? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are ready to go. Let me say this too, man. I, <laughs> over the weekend, what did you do? I went to, well, I, w- I went to, it was like this little restaurant spot or whatever. So, I walk in, and why am I the absolute only person in the entire place with a mask on? With a mask on. Either you a hypochondriac or you being safe. We'll just leave that question mark there, whatever that is. I mean, I'm just <laughs> whatever, go with it. Or you just appreciative of the fact that. Um, oh, I like that. The, appreciative of the fact that you made the mask and you're really not trying to give it up like that. I call it people. I say this is this is the uh, term that I'm using now for all the listeners out there. I say they're taking the draws off the face. So that's what the mask, you know, represents. <laughs> they taking them off, but I can understand it's hot. People have been wearing the mask. People have gotten vaccinated and all of that. But we'll listen to the doctors and see what they have to say about all of that. Right. Well, I'm going to tell you. It's hard to wear that mask, especially if you go running. You try to wear that mask, yeah. you will pass out. You pass before you out. Get to, yes, Lord. So 
<laughs> if I'm when I'm outside, yeah, yeah, I'm outside, running, yeah. I'm wear, I, I I just take mine off. Now I, I do see people out there like walking by themselves, like there are no other people around. Period, and they have the mask on. I'm like, well, they, the they must didn't get the memo. Mm-hmm. Them the same people that ride around in the car with the windows up. In now the I've mask seen on. that too, just by themselves. I, yeah, I, I, I don't I'm, understand that. Hey, just be extra safe. That's it. Yeah, that is extra, you know, that's extra crazy, Greg. You know what? I'm, I'm with you because that uh-uh, I extra would, crazy. Anybody in the car but you and Jesus? Well, some <laughs> there is that mask though. Um, I saw like Marshawn Lynch start wearing a few years ago. Uh-huh. It's a mask that it's supposed to help with your. It has you know the oh the yeah. vents and yeah. to help you with your breathing. Some people probably should wear that considering the weather when they you know when they work out mm. or they go hiking or something mm-hmm. like that, but. Uh, some some people don't, but we're at a time now where you know if you've been vaccinated, Fauci Fauci and them that's what I call them. It say they said that you don't have to wear a mask. You can if you want, but if you've been fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. I'm gonna try this medicine now, see if it's gonna work. I, I wear my mask, but sometimes I take it off if um like I was just in in a in Wally World a minute ago. Yeah. I need the whole hood on my head for all the stuff I was seeing, let alone talking about it. <laughs> it, it was so much going on in, 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 in up in Wally World today, I was tired of looking. Yeah. But look, we're going to get the show kicked off because I think Dr. Alexander and I've already called in. But, um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get the show kicked off. We're going to have a really good show today. Um, he's, he's bringing some good information. But we, before we get started, we always start our show off with our Black National Anthem. All right. And I'm playing as much as I can now because they're trying to take our right to vote. I'm not happy about that. Although we did get Juneteenth, Juneteenth yesterday made it a federal holiday. Awesome. Yesterday was the day it passed. Uh, but I'm like, you couldn't get George Floyd day done, but you gave us Juneteenth. Like we're gonna give you a little something, but we couldn't give you couldn't pass the law for uh, George Floyd with the thing they're trying to do. It's also Black Music Month, and it's also Black Music Month. So these are the three things we got going on for that for this week. All right. All right. We got some good music, too. I got some yeah. good music. You got some good, mm-hmm. good sounds? Okay. I'm All always right. ready. All right. Well, hey, listen. All right. You stay ready. Like, I'll I ride on the vibe of you. What you well, nominate you to get your own music today. Okay. All right. Well. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to kick it off with the Black National Anthem. Then we'll be right back. This is Alvin. And Edmund. On the real 1100.
Hi, I'm Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and I'm here to help you make sense of medicine. Join me every Thursday at 11 a.m. for clear, informative conversations about health issues. Don't be intimidated by fancy medical speak. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. to learn what questions to ask your doctor about your medical conditions. Call me and let's talk about your health. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on Real 1100 a.m. You can also call in at 404-603-8770 with your medical questions. All right, we're back. We're back. This is Alvin. And Edmund. He on the Old Fashioned Health Show, Good Health Inside and Out. Doc, we got you on the line, and I got a message for you, too. You there? I am here. Oh, you got a message for me. Uh-oh. Yeah, what's going I, on, Doc? I got a text hey, message. Hey, what's happening, Edmund? How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. That sun out there, I know you're feeling good. Oh, yeah. You know, I had my top down. I didn't get a lot. I went out and got about 20 minutes in the car with the top down and, uh, yeah, enjoyed that thoroughly. Okay, okay. Well, you got a message, Doc, uh, and the message reads, it says, tell, tell Doc, Talk, tell Dr. Alexander, I'm overdosing on vitamin D out here. <laughs> in that sun. In the sun. Okay. <laughs> the listeners, well, they listen, And Doc, this is all the listen. way from Texas, Doc, by the way, all the way from Texas, one of the postal service people. Okay, well, let them know that if they are getting some sun, they need to start backing down on the oral because you don't want to get to a point where you have toxicity because you can't get too much vitamin D. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot, but... You know, if your level gets over around 60, you got plenty. You get to 70, you want to start backing it off for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so if they're taking, you know, vitamin D3, 2,000 milligrams twice a day, like we've been talking about, and now they're getting some sun, mm -hmm. depending on how much they're getting, if they're just getting a little bit of sun, maybe one or two days a week, they can keep with one tablet once a day. Okay. But if they're getting plenty of sun and, and they're getting out there three, four, five times a week with, with their shirts off, and uh, maybe some shorts on, uh, then they can probably stop the vitamin D completely until we go back into um, into fall and winter. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, he's listening, Doc. And I told him, I, I responded to the message, told him we have a we had a healthy sex conversation coming up next. Oh, man, I tell you. You, you know, got? I thought COVID um, was going to slow some of that down a little bit. But then I thought about it. So, well, you know, people are... Um, trapped inside, but you know we're supposed to be wearing masks and supposed to be social distancing, so it's pretty hard to have uh, sex from six feet away. You know, obviously that wasn't the case because uh, we're breaking all kind of records uh, for 2019. Really, with the babies yeah, or with all kind of records? You know, uh, so just to give you an idea, back in 2014, for the major STDs that are out there, they had like 1.4 million cases in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, in 2019, by itself, over two and a half million cases. So obviously the masks didn't keep people apart. As a matter of fact, uh, COVID might have brought people together. Mm -hmm. And some of the considerations I think we need to really think about. Um, you know, I remember, well, it must have been about 10, 12, maybe 15 years ago, the porn industry was really concerned. Uh, and this might have been back in 2014. It might have been that far ago. They were really concerned about um, the actors and whatnot, you know, contracting these diseases before they could detect them. And so there was a real push for even the porn industry um, where people are supposed to be tested on a regular basis. These guys are supposed to be professionals and whatnot mm -hmm. um, for them to be tested, but, but also to use condoms during their scene. And, um, you know, I kind of checked out some of those scenes that they were doing. 
And one of the things that kind of amazed me is that um, when they started having oral sex, a lot of times they would take the condoms off. And the important point about this is, you know, a lot of people are expanding their horizon as to what is acceptable and not acceptable. I've been in a lot of discussions, um, you know, back in the 70s and 60s and 70s, they were talking about the sexual revolution. But there really is a sexual revolution going on now um, because people are, as, as, as they call it, are more fluid. They're, they're doing uh, more and more uh, different sexual acts with different people. Uh, they have multiple partners. And the, the, the thing is, is that they don't realize that not only can you carry a sexual transmitted disease through the penis and the vagina. I mean, everybody knows that, okay? Mm -hmm. um, but anal intercourse is a big one. It's a huge one, okay? And oral is as well. Uh, and I bring that up because uh, I remember oh, some years back I had a young man who claimed to be a virgin. Mm -hmm. And he came in and uh, he had quite a drip that I knew was an STD and he had a horrendous throat, horrendous throat. And he claimed that he had not had any type of intercourse with anybody. So I'm sitting there looking and looking and looking and going, okay. Um, kind of figured out that, that – uh, someone had had oral sex with him. So I asked him, did they have oral sex with you? And he said, yes. And so the individual that had the oral sex with him had gonorrhea in their throat. Mm. And they transmitted the gonorrhea to his penis, but they also kissed him. And so he had gonorrhea in his throat. So you can transmit gonorrhea by kissing or by having oral sex with someone else or getting giving it to someone else if they are infected. So the top three um, right now, and these are not the only STDs, and I've identified other STDs as well, and some of them are, are, are pretty horrendous, and it is important that if you have an STD that you go see your doctor because they're not going to go away by themselves. But the big ones now, there's a resurgence in Georgia and some other states as well, but Georgia has, has a resurgence of syphilis. That is not necessarily um, transmitted directly by, by the genitals. It can be different areas on the body. It's a, it's a chancre, it's an ulcer. And if you touch it, um, that ulcer, you can actually get syphilis. Um, people who have advanced syphilis, uh, you, a lot of times you'll see these special lesions on their feet. And uh, we call it tertiary syphilis. If you touch that, even as a physician, I've seen cases where we're in the hospital, and almost didn't recognize it, and I said, "Well, let me check this out." And sure enough, we cultured it, and we did the um, uh, we did the, uh, the the blood test, and the, the individuals had syphilis. So, if I had touched that, I could have given syphilis to myself um, just by touching those lesions. So, it's not just the genitals when it comes to syphilis; it's also uh, these chancres that can be in the mouth, they can be on the body. Uh, I've seen them on the buttocks of individuals, et cetera. So, you have to be careful when it comes to that. When it comes to the other two, we're talking about chlamydia and gonorrhea. Uh, and, and these babies here are transmitted through the penis, through the vagina, um, through anal intercourse, as well as through the mouth itself. And so you have to be careful. They can be treated for the most part. There are some resistant strains that come up from time to time, which are very, very difficult to, uh, to treat. Um, but your doctor will recognize that. Uh, once you start getting treatment. So the long and short of it is um, 
can't just kiss anybody. You can't just have um, use condoms to have um, uh, intercourse and then turn around, you know, and, and um, pleasure each other, you know, with, with oral and think that you're not going to get an STD like you see on a lot of these porn films that are out there. Mm-hmm. That is not the case. And the cases are going up. The number of incidences of STDs are now at 2.5 million, which is almost twice what it was in 2014. So we do need to be cognizant of it. We need to be careful. And uh, we need to think about it, that uh, you're not as free as you think you are. And these things can cause sterility. There, um, there is an increase, there's a, a, a surge of cases of syphilis being transmitted to the babies. We call that congenital syphilis. So that's something to think of, too, is that you may not even know you have it. Syphilis is one of those things what we call a, a silent kind of carrier where you may actually have the ulcer. The ulcer is non-painful. It doesn't hurt for whatever reason. It doesn't hurt. It goes away. You might not even know that you have it on your genitals. If you haven't had sex in a while, you haven't checked yourself, you may have an ulcer that's there. goes away, and it will go into a secondary phase. And it's that secondary and tertiary phase where you can start to um, transmit it to other people and not even know that you even are infected. Mm. So some things to think about there, people. Definitely. <laughs> I left you guys silent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a, that's a, dog. That's a lot of info to take in. <laughs> well, well, I tried to take, I tried to stick with the, the top three, but you know, I'm, I'm having a lot of conversations right now with with a lot of individuals who are single, uh, divorced, getting back into the game, and there, there's a lot there's there's a lot of changes in my generation and how we went about trying to have intimacy with someone and a lot of the thinking today. Um, you know, there's even been discussions with women coming into my office who are telling me they're sleeping with guys on the first date on purpose. Um, and, and usually the ones they're talking about are the ones that they may have a real interest in. So I guess a lot of the women now uh, have this little checkoff system and says, you know, if you meet these criteria, then you're a prospect. And if you're a prospect, then they now don't want to have, is what they're telling me, six, seven, eight dates with you. They want to know how well you are in bed. And so there has been this movement within all of this movement with people who are sleeping with each other on the first date uh, to evaluate how sex will be in the future. And again, there, I understand the thinking behind this. You know, if you're not sexually compatible, you know, and, and so many people say that sex is a very, very important part of relationships. And let's, let's be real. You know, when you start talking about marrying somebody or being in a monogamous long-term relationship, you're not typically looking for a roommate. You're looking for somebody that you want to have intimacy with. And so I know the importance that people are placing on that. I know the importance that uh, me being married, uh, I definitely did not marry my wife because I wanted to share bills with her. Um, you know, I had, had other things. I wanted to have a family. I wanted to have a home. But, you know, um, intimacy was, was definitely a part of it as well. And, and so now um, where we used to have to take our time and get to know each other and, and, and you had to kind of conjole each other and, and feel comfortable uh, there's a whole new movement of people saying, look, I don't want to go through all that. I don't want to go through eight, you know, ten dates 
and then find out that, you know, we aren't compatible. So they're having sex on the first date on purpose. What I would tell these people is, you know, it it may not be as safe as you think. Mm-hmm. Just kissing that person may not be as, as safe as you think. And so where you think this is an easy way and a quick way to eliminate one more thing or to add it as a plus, you know, on your checklist, you may actually be endangering yourself. And so uh, you need to take that thought process one more step. And that is, how do I protect myself? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and also if you've been having sex with some, you know, uh, with, with a number of different people and you have not been using protection, typically chlamydia and gonorrhea will, will rear their heads in about five days. Uh, women don't always know that, though. Women take longer because um, that organ can incubate and house disease a lot longer before you know it. Men will usually know in about four or five days they'll get a burning sensation, though 5% of males are asymptomatic when it comes to gonorrhea and chlamydia. They're asymptomatic, 5%. So they don't even know, and they can be transmitting it. So you may not see a discharge. You may not see um, irritation. They may not be going to the bathroom multiple times. Um, so, it, and you may not, you know, you don't, that same smell that you would get with um, chlamydia, uh, it may not be there, or gonorrhea. It may not be there that you would have in a woman mm-hmm. that's been incubating for a while. So you can't just say, I can look at them, I can check them out, I can do it and, and, and see if everything's okay. Uh, it, it just doesn't work that way, people. You have to um, protect yourself. And then if you think that you want to be intimate with someone on a long-term basis and they are monogamous with you and you believe that, then take them in to get them tested. You get tested, they get tested, and then you can go ahead and possibly get rid of your condoms as long as you know that you're not going to have an unwanted pregnancy. So. Yeah, no, I was just going to ask him what type of precautionary measures would he recommend, you know, for the people that are out there on the dating scene, you know, given this. Other than using a condom. I mean, it might be some more now. It's, it's a new day, new time. Ain't nothing else new other than Hey, you put some latex don't, gloves don't, on, you put do. your mask on. <laughs> he talking about something else. Yep. Let me ask you this right here. Um, uh, why is it that they, people think using PrEP is supposed to avoid getting any other disease other than just the HIV. People think that if you're using PrEP, that that it is, from what I've read, that the uh, use of PrEP now has uh, now caused an uprise in all these other types of sexual transmitted diseases because they forget about that it's more out here than HIV. So they think just because they're using PrEP, like, okay, I'm cool. I can go out here without even using protection because I won't catch HIV. But there's other forms of disease that's, that are out there. Well, you know, the real unfortunate thing is that uh, a lot of people actually know the information. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, they think that um, getting syphilis, getting gonorrhea, and chlamydia is not as bad a deal because, for the most part, there's some medication. There's even a medication for syphilis. The thing is you got to know that you have it in order to go get that medication. Um, I will also tell you that the medication for syphilis doesn't feel too good. It's a, it's a pretty heavy-duty shot that you have to get. It's really, really thick medication, and it's a lot of it. It's put in with a real big needle. Um, and so it's not the most comfortable uh, treatment in the world. Gonorrhea and chlamydia, uh, we've made it a little too easy. I think, you know, if, if we kept it a little bit more difficult to get the medication and receive it, then uh, people would be a little bit more conscious about it. But you bring up a good point because, you know, Pride Month is coming up, and every year during Pride I would hear these crazy stories 
Now, this is this is not pride in general, but there are pockets of pride where people get together and the entire weekend um, they are having sex and don't come out of a room and don't know the people that they were they're having sex with when they went in there. Um, they, you know, and I've had multiple stories come in about this. Again, this is not the majority of people who are partaking in, partaking in pride, mm-hmm. but there are these small groups that get together just to have this uh, wild and crazy sex, mm-hmm. and they're being unprotected. And and every year when I was working urgent care, I would get these stories, uh, especially with men. Women don't have to worry as much, but uh, men who had these weekends and um, – you know, afterwards, they had some issue with an STD. Mm-hmm. PrEP is making it uh, a lot better as far as transmitting HIV. Um, I had a case some years ago, and it was really strange. I was actually over, for whatever reason, I was in Alabama doing some work, and uh, they had just had Pride Weekend the week before. Guy came in. He had a horrendous throat, same kind of situation. He had gonorrhea in his throat, mm-hmm. and he had gonorrhea in his, in his, in his penis. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there lecturing him about the fact that, you know, you have to be careful and, you know, protection. And, you know, Atlanta's just down the road. We just had a big pride weekend and, and people aren't using protection uh, to some extent. And uh, I said, well, we're going to go ahead and check you for HIV because, you know, the thing you don't want to get is HIV. Right. And sure enough, he was, he was HIV positive. Now, the sad part is this. He didn't get HIV and become positive within four or five days. So the people that I was telling him about that he had to to be careful, he was actually one of the people that was spreading HIV mm. because he didn't know that he had it. He had it before that weekend. You don't come up positive in four or five days. With gonorrhea, you can, but not with HIV. It takes a little longer to incubate. And so here he was positive. He was one of the guys that I was telling him that he had to beware of. He already had HIV, and he had spread it to that group. Of, I think he said there was 40, 45 men in that room for the weekend. Um, and he doesn't know how many he slept with during that weekend. So um, we do have to be careful, people. We have to protect ourselves. We have to be responsible for our lives and realize these things can affect your lives. PrEP is not a uh, panacea. It will help to stop the transmission if people are taking it properly yeah. of HIV. But understand this, too. PrEP it does say that you can't transmit it, but you will never hear them, at least right now, they do not have enough information to say that PrEP is a cure. So what it means is that the level of transmission of the virus is below the sensitivity of the test. It doesn't mean you're not transmitting virus. Oh, just not detectable. Well, they're, they're saying that, you know, they're saying that, you know, I'm, I'm hearing both sides of it, but no one is saying that it's a cure. So if, 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 if it's not being said that it is a cure, then there is a chance that the virus could be transmitted. And we don't know how long it might take in order for it. As long as you're on PrEP, you're probably fine. But if you come off of it, what does that mean? And I don't know what that means at this point. You know, I don't know what it means to you 15 years from now if you come off of it. You know, will you start to replicate viruses? Because they're not saying it is a cure. I think it is still, you know, being responsible to take it if you are high risk, but I think you should also use a barrier protection such as a condom. See, man, because it's summertime now and, and people are out and about, hadn't been out in a while, they probably need to hear this conversation. Definitely. Because everybody's free, having a good time. I, they 
It's, it's just Doc, do you think that due to COVID-19 and like it being such a, a deadly, you know, virus that um, maybe that has increased like the, the, the what would you call it? Like the um, well, it was once level deadly. It's of, not as deadly now. huh? Well, yeah, not now. But I'm saying, like you say, people are, are out and about. So, I mean, you know, maybe that is not as much yeah. a concern on the STD element versus mm-hmm. the COVID situation. So it. It may have dampened their, uh, their their heightened sense, you know, about, you know, which one is more deadly. And so, yeah, it, it, it may be that uh, in some people that, you know, oh, we, we faced COVID and killed all these people and, you know, gonorrhea is not killing anybody, so I'm okay. Well, it still can make you really, really ill. If, if you're one of those asymptomatic people and you get gonorrhea, it can go throughout your body causing disease. Even various types of arthritis that are really deadly can cause heart disease. Uh, so even though we, we talk about gonorrhea and chlamydia like you can just get rid of it, uh, if those cases become disseminated, go throughout your body, you can get some serious, serious problems even with your organs with these things. And syphilis can go all the way to your brain. It can, it can get into your uh, nervous system and, and destroy uh, a lot of the neurological uh, pathways of the brain itself. So, you know, we, we talk about like they're, they're only associated with sex, but they can destroy other parts of the body as well. And I would encourage men too, especially because there have been some men who knew that they had a sexually transmitted disease that they received from a, a woman or another person. And then because they were mad about it, didn't tell the person who they got it from that they were infected. And this puts those people at risk for more and more disease. And I can guarantee you 99.9% of people are not trying to give other people diseases. Let me you know, unless they're mentally ill, mentally sick, you know, it was, it's something that happened. And so you, you have an obligation not only to yourself to get care, but to also help that person and protect them and let them know that, um, you know, you received a disease from them or you suspect that if you got multiple partners yourself, you need to tell all your partners that, you know, you have contracted this disease and they know to get, they need to go get checked out. Now, now let me ask you this question right here. Uh, uh, as far as sexual transmitted diseases, is there any statistics that show one culture is more apt to, uh, is, is a little bit more um, apt to catch sexual yeah. transmitted disease than the other? Is there a statistic well, out there? It, well, I, I, there's no statistic that say they were apt to catch it, but uh, is it more prevalent? prevalent? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In Hispanics uh, and Latinos, it's one to two times uh, more prevalent than the, um, the non-people um, uh, of color, I guess you would call it. Mm. Uh, we say um, non-Hispanic white people, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. When you start talking about uh, the American Indian, um, the people from Alaska, Alaska Native people, uh, Hawaiian and Pacific Islanders, it's three to five times more prevalent. Wow. Now, now wait a minute. We haven't hit the last one. Okay. <laughs> when you start talking about um, African Americans, five to eight times more prevalent. Mm-hmm. Five to eight times more prevalent. So, yes, um, this is a huge problem. And then when you break it down, you know, you can break it down into – you know, who has more and even what states um, have it right now. And I don't think that is, is important. 
as, you know, I can tell you what the highest state is of having it and which one is the lowest. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you exactly what Georgia is. But is that really important? No. It's not. not. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's important is that we all are responsible. And, yes, we do want to have sex. And, yes, it is important in our lives. And, yes, it does provide even a biological um, enhancement to to living and to uh, mood. However, we have to be responsible about it. We need to make sure that we take care of ourselves, and we should make sure that the people that we are engaging with have been tested. Doc, thank you so much for this healthy, much-needed information because I think that you don't hear much conversation about sexual transmitted diseases as much as you used to because we talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. But, but Doc, thanks for bringing us back to the forefront of uh, uh, something that's really important. My pleasure. My pleasure. You guys have a great one. Again, love you guys. You you, you bring a, a a program together that allows us to be able to talk openly about things that you know we don't want to talk about in the community, but we have to. We really because do because it's us. Yeah, five to eight times more prevalent uh, the transmission rate, you know, or the infective rate. That's heavy. That means that you know that means that. Um, you know, you take a room of, of, of 100 people, you know, you might have 20 of them in there that's infected. Wow. So. <laughs> All right, Doc. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for much. that info, Doc. Uh, you, you have, uh, yeah, uh, uh, next next uh, Tuesday, you, you uh, I won't be here next Tuesday. As a matter of fact, I'll let you all know now, I won't be here for the next, next four. Uh, I'm sorry, next Thursday. Why am I thinking Tuesday? Next Thursday. Next Thursday. Um, for the for the, the next four weeks, but you would the show will still be going on. Uh, you, my co-host, will be here holding it down and all that other good stuff. So, so come with the good topics, Doc. <laughs> all right, we're gonna, we're gonna come with it, Edmund. You know, all we right. like to chop it up. Yeah, man, <laughs> we got to keep the people informed on what's going on and talk about what they need to hear. So, thank yep. you very much for all of that. All right, Doc. Thanks, thanks a lot, good. man. All right, and uh, Alvin. Yes, sir. You you have safe travels, and uh, you know. Our prayers will be with you and your safe travels, man, and all the good work you're doing. Well, thanks, Doc. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. So let me just tell you, I will be here, but I'll be doing summer camp for my kids, a chef show for the whole. It started out just being four, four weeks, but it then took the whole entire summer. That Which is a good thing, Doc. He, he's doing it I'm for the young I'm excited about it. You know, keeping I'm, them, I'm excited about it. I really yeah, am excited about it. So we've been out be. buying be. stuff for, the for them. and uh, So, yeah, that's what I'll be doing on uh, Thursdays. Well, Tuesdays and Thursdays for the rest, almost the rest of the summer. Well, that's a great thing. You know, I am upset, though. I didn't get any of uh, the brownies of the last batch that I, you know, kind of <laughs> put some stuff in the bags for. Well, so, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to get some of those brownies the next time the kids make them. Well, you know what? Tomorrow our kids are cooking. You know, so tomorrow uh, the one of the kids is making um, cauliflower and something else. We're making a, a dish tomorrow, one of my one of my chef, chef kids. So we serious about this vegan thing. That's what we're pushing right now. Uh, kids wow. and, and eating I love it. and eating, eating vegan, so they already coming up with all different types of recipes. They excited about it, so I'm, I'm excited for them. They they really excited. Good so. stuff. Good stuff. All right, Doc. Thank really you so much stuff. for calling right. in, and look Take forward care. to look all forward right, to hearing you soon. Be Have safe. Good be one. blessed. All right. All right. See you next week. All, all right. right. Can I say this real quick? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I think I have. Well, not I think I know I have someone else that I would like to add to kids or chef as well. Okay, we'll yeah. talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it when we come back. All right, so this is Alvin and Edmund on the real eleven hundred.
Right, all right. And then we didn't brought we didn't brought Dr. Hines, I mean Dr. Uh, Sewell in on number. I know she know this. Oh, she uh, know about this. Yeah, she she know a little house music. Mixing it. Uh, Dr. Dr. Sewell, Sewell, what you know about what you know about this? <laughs> about what? I can't I I can't hear it. You couldn't hear it. We had a little Gwen Guthrie. Should have been you. I know Gwen Guthrie, but I don't know about it. Should have been you. Okay. He had another uh, another song out. I thought, but I could be wrong. So I don't know about. She, she had that a few hits. Okay, all right. We'll we'll right. we'll play it back for you. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll let you go back and listen to it a little later. No, we're gonna play it back when she get out there, <laughs> so she can hear it again. We're gonna, we're all gonna, right, we're gonna do it. We'll uh, do a double. It's called an encore. An uh, encore. I, I love an encore. <laughs> Doc, how you oh doing? What you talk, talk? <laughs> listening, doing uh, thirteen dollar words. Isn't that special, right there? <laughs> Let me tell you. So I was talking to Doc um, the other day, and she come try. I don't want to hear what you got to say. Thirteen dollars. <laughs> she used the word on me. So I said, "That's what we doing today. We using the word." <laughs> you know, I like to pull out the dictionary. Them Howard people, I tell you, them Howard people. Oh my God! When you talk to Doc, so you have to be ready because like, so we was just having a conversation. And she, I don't know what the word was. I said, "Okay, so that's what we doing today. We using these kind of words." <laughs> Okay. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever. So, I, I, um, I know I haven't been on for for um a while. I was on a few weeks ago, but prior to that, I hadn't been on for a while. So, what I did want to pick up on is I know two weeks ago was it two weeks ago that mm-hmm. that a young lady was on the air. She mm-hmm. was talking about um, she was talking about some challenges that she had been having, um, at, you know, dealing with mental health, which I thought was uh, very courageous of her. So, I so I do appreciate that. Um, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Watson told me I was hard on the parents, so I'm, what I'm going to do, I'm not, I'm not going to clean it up because I meant what I said and I said what I meant. Mm-hmm. However, with that being stated, what I did want to do, you know, I always try to offer, um, resolution. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's, that's what I wanted to do. And I didn't have enough uh, time to, to do that. And again, I want to be clear on the fact that, a lot of times when parents do things, it has an unintentional con- consequence. So it's done out of love, but it has an unintentional consequence. I also um, want to reiterate this as well. If your child does appear to have a mental health issue or maybe dealing with um, an episode of, of sadness that, that lasts a little longer than it normally would, or they kind of have some what, what you might say is abnormal or bizarre behavior, I need for you to understand that, or even a substance abuse issue, I need for you to understand that it is appropriate to get them help. Most of the time, that is not a reflection on you. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes it is, because some, some of you are putting your children through hell, but again, that's because you have some major issues going on, or maybe you were raised a certain way, or you weren't really raised at all. You had to raise yourself. So you may be doing the best you can, but it doesn't mean you aren't putting your child through something. But... What I do want to be clear on, a lot of parents who are um, 
a, a lot of parents who, who mean well, who are not trying to harm their children, and they aren't. They take it personally because they see it as a reflection on them, so that prevents them from going to get their children assistance because they're going to say they're going to be looking at me. Mm-hmm. And, and so I know I haven't done anything wrong. No, in many instances you haven't done anything wrong. It's just all, the, all about how your child processes things. So what I would say to you is get out of your own way for the sake of your child because at that point then you're being selfish and it's not about you. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, one of the things that I, that I do want to talk about is looking at problem-solving skills. A lot of times, you remember we talked about how a lot of times parents will try to protect their children, and most parents are going to do that. Mm -hmm. They will try to protect their children um, from anything that may be harmful or any person that may be harmful. Unfortunately, what comes about with that, I I know with generations after us, and I've seen it in some in our generation, is that a lot of times what the parents then did was they um, did not allow the child to be accountable or, or receive the consequence for his or her behavior. Mm. Um, one of the things that allowing a child to be accountable and or take responsibility for their consequence, it allows them to build a lot of times problem-solving skills right. and coping skills. Mm-hmm. And so as we get oh, and you have to keep in mind, it may not seem like it's that much when you're three, four, five, six, seven, eight years old, even 10 or 11, you're like, oh, they're just a child. But, you know, if we are fortunate, we only have minor issues and concerns as children to deal with. So when those issues come about, then it's good for the parents to sit down and, and I'm not going to say talk to them like, you're, like they're an adult, but just say, okay, do you understand then that this is, this is going to be the consequence of what happened? Mm-hmm. How could that have been handled differently or tell them how that could have been handled differently because what that's doing believe it or not is building up coping skills for them Mm. and it's building up problem solving skills and it's helping them to understand accountability so when those other things come about in life when they're 17 18 19 because you know as we get older if we're fortunate the harder things come about as we get older in terms of us making decisions so those are building blocks and and so you're you're not putting your child in harm's way what you're doing is allowing that child to to come into his or her own at some point and be able to make some decisions. And it is okay when they become an adult and they make a bad decision because all of us as adults have made some bad, <laughs> made some poor choices. Mm-hmm. The question is how do you learn from them and how do you bounce back mm-hmm. from them? Now, I'm, I'm not saying you have your child run out in the front of a train. I am saying, for instance, as I got older, one of the things that my uh, grandmother would do for me, I would sit down and talk to her, and instead of her telling me, I don't think you should do that, this is where she would say, I, I had to catch the cold for it. She would say, Bay, you sure you want to do that? Mm-hmm. That meant you really don't need to do that. But if you do it, I'm going to have to let you make your decision. So if it doesn't turn out right for you, it's not that I won't be here to support you, but but I need for you to be able to know, to make those decisions and understand where you either went wrong or where you, what you did that was right. Mm. And I like that. Give, so, you, give you the option to make your decision, yeah. your choice. Right. And so that's how it builds up. The other thing is when your when your children, when I talk about children, I mean young adults, we'll say 18 or in, and younger. When they come to you and they're telling you that they have some concerns, they're really sad or they feel like they want to harm themselves or sometimes those thoughts come across their mind or they have friends that have done some self-injurious behavior or attempted suicide. Self-injurious like cutting yourself, not trying to kill yourself, but cutting yourself to take away the pain and banging your head and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. 
temper temper your responses because a lot of times parents are quick to say there's nothing wrong with you you know you're you have a lot of friends and you have this you have that you're just going through a rough spot and you're doing it to kind of encourage them but i think a lot of times we're doing it because we, it, it, parents do it and friends do it because it makes them uncomfortable to talk about a topic like mm, that yeah. so so <clears throat> start becoming more comfortable and kind of temper your responses and just say okay well why do you okay well why do you feel like why why do you have those feelings and why and it's okay to sit down and try to talk to them. So temper it because it's very easy to say, oh, no, you're trying to encourage the person. And again, sometimes you're just uncomfortable talking about it. And you say, there's nothing wrong with you. You you have everything to live for. Mm-hmm. You're gorgeous. You're good looking. You're <clears throat> smart. You're this, you're this, you're this. That you've been telling them that the whole time or showing them that and it's still is something that's going on. So just right. temper the responses. Don't be so quick. And, and I get why you do it. So I'm not judging you for it. I'm just saying monitor it. Um, remember that your child is not you. What your resi- the, your level of resiliency in getting through things may be totally different than the person that you're raising. Doc, and also, if you have more than one child, yes, ma'am, yes, yes, sir. No, I was I was going no, I, I was going to just piggyback off of that. I, I was talking, uh, thinking about when you said when you talk to the kids and tell them what well, it'll be all right, you're strong, you can handle it, you're smart. It's almost like you're not really listening to them saying that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm telling you I got a problem. I know I'm smart, yeah. but I got a problem. And, and I was just about to say that as well. I was going to interject and say, you know, sometimes it's just about listening. Mm-hmm. And even mm-hmm. even with, like, whether it's children and adults, because what I've learned, that, you know, growing up is, like, you think as a child you get to a certain point and then your state of mind changes over to an adult where you know everything, and that's not the real world. So you still mm-hmm. have individuals who are still coping and dealing with these same things that you mm-hmm. know a lot of children are and have had to deal with. And sometimes Absolutely. they just may open up to you and may not communicate with anyone else about that. So sometimes it's just like listening and hearing them, what they have to say. And like you say, don't interject and say, well, you're this and you're that, because they don't really want to hear that right now. They want someone to hear them. And you may be that person that needs to hear them, mm-hmm. you know, so. Absolutely. And, and in saying that for the families that are, um, and and I, for the families that are extended and listen to what I what I'm going to say when I say extended, that means that maybe you it's, it's a stepfather in the house or a stepmother. If you are the biological parent, think of it like this: if you, if if your significant if your child's parent, whether whether it's a father or mother, whatever, if they have married someone who is good to your child. Stop saying to them they can't discipline my child when they're with you or I don't appreciate that. Here's the thing. That means you have three sets of eyes on them. Mm-hmm. So if they're not comfortable talking to the biologicals, they might be more comfortable talking to the step. But right. if the step can catch them and go into the biologicals and say, look, I don't want to break confidence, but we do need to kind of work with this child. I, I know it's hard for you to do, but again, you need to get over yourself because a lot of times you're upset because of what went on with between you guys as adults. That doesn't have anything to do with that child exactly. that, that that you guys are co-parenting. Yep. It does not. Uh, so it so, does not. Mm-hmm. So, Doc, whenever uh, I want to ask you about another group of kids, how um, how often or do how impactful is it with with either young adult kid, young adults uh, and or kids that come from a biracial family? It seemed like they would have a lot, although they may have a, a perception, they look a certain way and they whatever they're assumed to be. But it appears mm-hmm. to me that they would have a, a, a big struggle with uh, people just accepting them uh, just like it would be. It, it seemed like to me they have a lot they go through, too, because I, I know a few kids 
that uh, a younger younger people have talked talked about being in a biracial uh, way. Well, you know, just they mixed, and then people think that they are happy and everything is going good because of a certain look or uh, image that they give. But they have more of a problem with people even accepting them, even black people accepting them because, like, well, you biracial, you ain't really black, and it, it can be a strain on them. So I haven't seen the statistics on that. I can only I can only tell you what I've observed from um, from personal personal and professional. What I will say is the problems in, are not one is no more serious than the other, and mm. I don't think any I don't think one puts them at more increased risk than the other. What I will say is this: though the problems are different, and they are it, they a lot of times there's a sense of belonging there that they don't have because right. they don't know. Where they fit in, mm-hmm. yeah. they don't know where they fit in because sometimes when they have friends that are um, African American, they're looking at them and the friends that are African American are saying, "You don't understand." And they've grown up in a predominantly white environment. Right, right. They'll say, "You," they'll say, "You ain't really black. You don't <laughs> right. understand." What, what are you talking? You ain't really black. What's wrong with you? And and then you and and then for and, and then they have friends who are white Caucasian. And then those friends get so comfortable sometimes they start talking about black people and they're like, wait a minute, my mom is black or my dad is black. Like they don't know what to say. They're kind of right. like, okay, what's going on? So sometimes there is an issue. And, I, and I've had one or two associates that talked about that. There is an issue of identity, I think, even in this day and time yeah. um, where, um, you know, you see it more often. I think there still is an identity issue. Um, but it's, it's different. It's different than when you're African-American or when you're white. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it is different because it's, it's difficulty in terms of where do I fit in. Nobody truly um, nobody truly understands me a lot of times. Right. So I know my parents love me. I know I have friends. But again, where do I truly fit in? I can run around all day and say I'm biracial. There are a lot of people that look like me. I'm right. proud of both of my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, you know, one can be Asian and African-American, Asian and you know, whatever else, but Italian. But I'm proud. I'm proud of me. But it seems like when you have that black parent in in something else, that's when all of the identity problems start coming yep. in because of how we're treated. Um, and so, yeah. But I, I wouldn't say one is. I'm definitely not going to say one is more serious than the other. I will say it. 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 it, it the identity issue is a little different. Let okay. me say that it's it's a little different. So, because I I don't want to minimize anybody's concerns. I know you have to go to commercial break, sir. I just need to give out a couple more things if you would allow me. Yeah, can you to. can you can you, uh, okay. can you let go to the break and then come back because I got to ask you about the sure. next show. Right. Sure, sure, sure. Right. The opinions expressed during the sponsored programs on this station are strictly those of the program hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of Beasley Broadcast Group, this station, its staff, other advertisers, or agencies. All right, we're back, Doc. Okay. So really quickly, what I did, I talked about tempering the responses. I talked about looking at your, look and look at each child. If you have more than one child in the house, remember there that children are individuals. I know you mm-hmm. may discipline them the same, but so, and that's, that's totally left up to the parent, but in terms of the way that you deal with them and address them, it may have to be a little different. Mm-hmm. You know, like I heard one mom say years ago, she said, I have one child where I can tell him, sit your big head itself down, and he'll just start laughing at me, and he thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. She said, I have another one I do like that, and he almost starts crying because he's more mm-hmm. sensitive than the other one. So mm-hmm. remember that 
you know, your children don't don't also do not come when it comes to mental health pieces. Also, other issues we're talking about mental health. Don't compare your children to one another because they're individuals. And I know that's easy to do. The other thing is to monitor your mood. I've heard a lot of young people say, I know I can go and talk to my mom or my dad, but they're having their own problems. They they look depressed. I don't want to add on to them. And sometimes they're actually more concerned about the parents than they are themselves. Than they are themselves. And it's running them crazy. It's like running. They're just like, oh, my God, I don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes they're like, I wish they would go ahead and get divorced. They think I don't know they don't get along. And I know they don't get along. I hear them arguing, you know, all those things like mm-hmm. that. So monitor, monitor your moves and see where you are with your moves. Um, because sometimes you have to take care of yourself in order for you to take care of other people around you or to That's notice right. things in people around you. For your children, notice some of these things. Please, they're just like adults. If they start isolating a lot and they're generally outgoing people, that's something for you to look at. If it's summertime and they're wearing long sleeves and things of that nature or they're wearing long pants on a regular basis and they normally wear shorts, Mm -hmm. I would kind of monitor that because that may mean that they're doing something like some stuff injurious behavior like cutting Mm -hmm. and things of that nature and trying to cover it up. So I I would would monitor, though, any any, um, mood change, like a sudden change in attitude or mood and that's when it becomes tricky for parents because most of the time you look at them and say, okay, they've hit teenage years, so I'm going to dislike them for the next four years or five years. And sometimes that's not really what it's teenage stuff, but it's also some other things going on. Look and see if it's a change in friends as well. Um, those are just some of the things to look for um, in, in terms of look if it's weight loss or weight gain. You know, a lot of our young people, and I say this for people in communities of color, for many years, we did this just like we did suicide. You know, if it's an eating disorder, we would say, that's white folks. That's not us. Yep. No. We're getting more and more young ladies and young men, but definitely young ladies who have eating disorders mm-hmm. that are of color. Yep. Most definitely. So look at look at those things. Kind of try to find out what's going on. If you're able to go and see how much time they're spending online and see what they're doing. I'm not telling you to micromanage, but that's a big thing. Social media is a big thing. See if they're being bullied online mm-hmm. see if they're bullying somebody see if they're in these chat rooms and you have adults talking to them that shouldn't be talking to them mm-hmm. or they're putting things in their head that they shouldn't be putting in their head you know kind of monitor all of that and also if you if you have the time set up a schedule to to meet with the teachers because the teachers are spending more time with your and kids a lot of times they, 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 right yeah right and 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 that's and, and i get that i get that so if you can if if it's a if it's a teacher that you trust try to get to know the Teacher, so they can get the more eyes, the more responsible eyes you have on your child. Right. And the yeah. more you are open to hearing what somebody, you don't have to agree with them. But if you think the person is credible and they say something, then just, you know, you can take it with a grain of salt and monitor it. It doesn't mean you jump right on it. Just monitor it. Right. And then sometimes it's okay to go and talk to your child, but a lot of times your children are not going to talk to you. So they're more comfortable speaking to somebody else, like an older cousin or something like that, and they're responsible then. Open, open that line, whatever that line of communication is, then do that. Um, also, you can also send your child to therapy, of course. Not a problem. That's, that's a good thing um, as well. So, And also try to get your children involved in things if you can. Um, I know some people don't have the resources for that, and resources could be something as simple as time, like how to, you know, dropping my child off and picking my child up, you know, those types of things. But see if you can find some things, especially in the summertime, other than them sitting at home, because a lot of times when people get out and they're around other kids and they're exposed to different things, that kind of opens them up sometimes. 
Um, so the biggest thing is just they have somebody to talk to and just be there if they need to talk to you. Um, like Edmund said, you know, just sit down and, and listen. Try not to let your mouth drop because sometimes because it's going <laughs> to shut them down, you know, because sometimes you're like, oh, my God. So try not, you know. So that's what the mask is good for, you know. <laughs> you have to do that. But, but um, try, you know, just try not to do that. And if it's something that you can't handle and you can't talk about, then I think it would be good to say, hey, why don't we go to family therapy? Would you be okay if I went to go right. and I sat in in a session with you? And then if you're comfortable with this therapist, you know, you can have your own session and then we can do a session together. Mm-hmm. You know, we can do a session together every other week, you know, because okay. that'll help you then become more comfortable with when your child comes to you and talks to you okay. about whatever. And if they're to the point where they're dating, things of that nature, you think that, then find a time to go and speak with them. If they want to be grown. What you say to them is this may work for some and may not just say, hey, you know what? Let's go out to eat. I know you, you know, you feel you feel like you're getting older and you want me to speak to you as an adult. So I want to talk to you about some of the experiences I've had without nothing graphic, just right. basic. Like even if it's about a relationship and say, so that might be something. So tell me what you think you deserve in a relationship. Mm-hmm. How, how do you think you deserve to be treated? I think you know I'm, what I mean? So those are just some things. I think mm-hmm. Emma has a question. Oh, no, I was just going to uh, ask her, <clears throat> excuse me, about something she mentioned earlier. I've heard parents say that they, like, um, like raise their kids the same, which means that some parents mm-hmm. probably don't raise their kids the same. And my thing was just thinking about that once I heard that, I think, like, that phrase maybe twice. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. it does, because you have so many different personalities. So um, it was just myself and my siblings, so it was just two of us. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, like, a parent or or parents that have you know like four or five multiple Mm -hmm. different kids and all these different personalities and age groups and you know I I could only only imagine but my question for you was like um, and you kind of hit on it a little bit but I had written down I wanted to ask you what is your take on bullying and when I say bullying not necessarily Mm -hmm. bullying just just period like do away with it I know it's causing a lot of uh, mm-hmm. damage mentally to kids and stuff like that. But do you think that if bullying wasn't there, period, at all, that that could cause issues in a, a child becoming an adult later on in life because they may not necessarily know how to deal with certain things? Does, well, that, does that make sense? Am I... So what do you say? So I guess I'm trying to figure out. So you're saying if bullying wasn't in in, in society at all or kind of break that down? Yeah, that, what do you mean by that? that? I'm just questioning it like like that pretty much what you said, because I, I, I think about the fact, OK, bullying is, is, you know, looked at as negative, which in a lot of ways it is. But I'm just trying to look at the positive element out of it. Like uh, growing up, I mean, I had older cousins and stuff and they bullied mm-hmm. us. You know, we were younger, so they bullied us. But that that kind of thickened and tougher in our skin to be able to deal with other things uh, out in the world. But like, I don't if think you, that works for everybody. Like, so that, bullying. So but right. And, and I would agree with that. First of all, bullying and it's interesting you mentioned that because I've had somebody on the show talk, on my podcast talk about it. I'm going to have her back in the next couple of weeks talk about because that's what she focuses on is bullying. Mm-hmm. And one of the and, and so bullying for us is not the same as it is today. Uh-huh. Right. So here's okay. what I want. There are a couple of things. So I understand what you're saying about toughening up the skin because I you know I came out of a family where pretty much everybody's very abrupt. They say what they want to say and you move on about your business. But again, I have a I have a set of cousins. Most of us took it the same way. But then I have one or two cousins. You know what? You can't say anything. They're sensitive about everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. children are, so again, you go with kids are different, but bullying. So 
So here's the first thing. We didn't have social media. So all of us have done things have been embarrassed and you know you go back to school or wherever you go back in the neighborhood and they you know and they're going to cra- what you call it cracking they're going to crack yeah, on you for you about know. a year or two exactly, yeah. and then and then if you see them when you get older they're going to say remember that time blah yep. blah blah you know that kind of thing but when you have social media yeah, that's see that 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 embarrassing moment is multiplied and relived over, over and over again and over and is relived yeah. and is multiplied times a hundred times a thousand sometimes and depending on how embarrassing it is that alone can cause a child can cause a child to retreat. That can cause an adult to retreat. I, I, was, I um, was you took it. I was about other, to say that. <laughs> the the other the other piece with that as well is when we were bullied. Yes, we you know we had to fight. Some of our parents would say, "If if if you let them beat you, I'm going to beat you when you walk into the house." Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. So that was your motivation, right? <laughs> Stand up and say, okay, do whatever. But, and, and also, if you fought somebody, they had respect for you. They, whether you won or you lost, they yeah. were just like, okay, I'm going to have to have respect for that. It's not like that now. The, you have young people now, and adults as well, but you have young people now who they will get embarrassed or you simply tell them no, mm-hmm. and they will shoot you. Yep. See, so the bullying now is different. It's more extreme. Yeah. Is very extreme. So I don't think you know. I'm realistic. You're not going to ever get get. You're not going to ever get rid of bullying. I understand what you're saying, but that goes back to problem solving. That goes back to understanding that sometimes you you're going to have to take a hit, whether it's a, a literal hit or a figurative hit. But you got to thicken your skin. But it's a way that you do it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be bullying. I, I think it doesn't one- necessarily. I, I think one of the ways to uh, combat bullying is is uh, is uh, equip your child with a sense of confidence in themselves. So when people are bullying, Absolutely. they won't bother you. Because I'm going to tell you now, this is one of the bullying things that I remember as a kid. And it still, it doesn't, as a matter of fact, it helped. It, um, I can laugh at it now. And I always make the joke about dark skin versus light skin. I, used to, mm-hmm. I remember one of my cousins used to tell me about, uh, to call me blackie all the time because I was dark. And they said, you're mm-hmm. dark, you're dark, you're dark. And, you know, back then, when you were young, being dark was just like, uh, considered, I guess, taboo. It wasn't like the end thing. And it mm-hmm. was, I used to love donuts. And I used to love them little chocolate, them little Dolly Madison donuts. Remember them little, the like, because they got the powder one, right. and they got mm-hmm. the dark. Mm-hmm. And she said, you keep eating them donuts that you like being so dark. Every time I look at them donuts, I still remember she used to tease me about, see, that's why you're so dark, because you keep eating them chocolate donuts. And so, <laughs> okay. So you see how it could just, stuff you can still hold on, right. hold on to stuff as a, a kid. But see, I was strong enough to laugh about it and still bought my donuts because I wanted my donuts. But if I was one of those weaker kids, it could it could have done something to me for me to still remember that at this age. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, and uh, it, right. You and so, too, and just having that confidence when people say something to you and they say, you know, um, they might say, you. I remember somebody telling me that, you know, that's older than us, that their mother taught them. They said, people are going to talk about you because you're, you're darker, but what you say to them when they approach you is this. Yes, I'm dark, but, but, but what else? I'm also well-dressed. My hair is combing. I'm mm-hmm. smart. What about you? Right. Yeah, you have to have something to be set. You have to have your self-esteem set up so you can handle stuff like, you know, when people... Correct. Are- and I think those things, I think that's right. I think those things are very important. But also keep in mind, bullying is not the same. Because again, somebody will come at you and talk about you, and if you get and if you get one up on them, 
they will get upset and go back and come back in. Gun? Correct. And be ready to shoot you. We used to call. Remember, remember we used to call Jones. the duds, y'all. Uh, uh-uh, the duds. Oh, duds. Uh, I thought it was Jonin. Talking about each other, mama. So you, you can't do that now. Jonin playing a dozen. Oh, no, no, you all, did, that's all what all you all didn't want to do. Yeah. You didn't want to. Oh no, they, we, they no, will go get a gun and you no, talk about we, somebody's mama. No, we did that. <laughs> see, we did, we did that in last. That was the last pull. You don't pull yeah. that one unless you really ready to go. But see, that was your group. But we didn't have no problem with it. We would talk about. Oh, I remember. <laughs> remember when you were in school? Did somebody's mama show up at school? <laughs> yeah, with rollers, like, rollers, and house <laughs> shoes, <laughs> and you just be like, "Ooh, we." <laughs> with that kind of stuff, you couldn't give a one good joke. After that, I grew up like Edmund did. You said your mama to a lot of people. Yeah, that I, I, one good now, now I didn't I didn't fight on that because my mother would say she would say the only thing they can say about me is I'm broke. She said only get mad if somebody she said they telling the truth. She said all they can say about me is I'm broke and ain't no sense in you getting mad about. It. <laughs> 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 mad. She said because they don't know anything about me, so they can say what they want. Doc, but but no, but those are some things that I wanted to because I know you guys don't have a 15 minutes up. But those are just some things I kind of wanted to just so I could close that that you know that um. That that segment out appropriately, now, if, I, if you will. I know, mm-hmm. I know you usually do things for Father's Day for the men all the time. Is it something you want to shout out? Because just in case you all, this is Father's Day weekend coming yes, up. And, and we Doc- did we did a show with uh, Jamie Winborn and Dennis Scott. Okay, and so they'll be, and so I interviewed both of them. It was really more about just being men mm-hmm. as opposed to being fathers. So we talked. We you know we spoke a little bit on that topic, but it was more just about men. Uh, both of them took, the, you know, after their careers, one was an NFL player, of course, one was a basketball, you know, professional basketball player. Mm. And it was very interesting to listen to them because their career paths or their paths, they were astoundingly different after their career. But at the end of the day, I think it's good to hear that both men took different paths, but mm. they're still doing things that are positive in the um, community. So um, that that will be on Sunday at 2 p.m. Of course, you can go to uh, 22.3 TakeoverVegasRadio.com, and you can hear that show. I normally post them on my app, The Wellness Enclave, which you can, of course, find uh, in the Apple Store as well as on Android um, the following week. And I, I need to give Mr. Emerson Smith a shout-out. So if you listen to it on the radio, you're going to hear the music the actual music that I play when I put it on the app. Cause you know, this, uh, Alvin, I can't get hit for copy. So I have to have some original music. So this brother Emerson Smith, uh, he does the original music for me and I really appreciate him for doing that. So I wanted to give him a shout out cause it sounds really, sounds really good. So yeah, that original that's where you can find. Yep. And what are you doing for? And I'm sorry, that show is going to be on June 20th this weekend. I'm going to have Juneteenth. I did Juneteenth a little, soon okay. is that okay. let me see let me make sure let me make sure what, what is the date i'm losing dates uh, no sunday is father's day i'll have, it's dennis scott it's, i'm sorry dennis scott and jamie winborn i was right okay so all right gentlemen thank you very much i hope thank you guys you. have a good father's day and i hope you have a good june Juneteenth. Right. as more and more people starting to celebrate that now so yes. i hope you guys have a good juneteenth please yes please right. talk to your like audience that. and tell them not to kill each other ever but mm. definitely on june Yes. yes, we want to keep it. We want to keep it peaceful. All right, okay. Definitely. Thank right. you, Doc. All right, be Thank safe, you. be blessed. Right. You too. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. All right, John. That was Doc. The that was a, really. We had we yeah. had some doctors brought some good stuff to great us. Great vibe, tonight. great vibe. And again, shout out 
and happy early Father's Day to, yep, all, to all the all fellas. The Listen, let's go down the list. The dads, the uncles, the big brothers, the stepfathers, the godfathers, the positive male influences, the role models, the coaches, anybody else. You know anybody else? It's anybody who is assisting someone on their rites of passage in life, you know, and just giving them that that what? guidance, that um, influence, that whatever. Well, we what's got what's old school back here, so... The OGs, the OGs, the OGs. Okay, yes. the OGs. Yeah, shout out the OGs. Yeah. OGs, is the, the OGs, the OG cover it all. Hey, OGs are going them streets and get them for you. <laughs> all right, y'all. We'll be right back. This is Alvin <laughs> and Edmund on the Real Eleven Hundred. <laughs> Tonight, having a little fun with candlelight. 
sure to listen to the Wellness Enclave with Dr. Donna Sewell, a podcast that explores emotional health and its impact on everyday life. In the Enclave, we will address emotional health and how it is connected to other parts of your life, such as physical health, relationships, and decision with Dr. Sewell can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Attention pet owners. If you're looking for exceptional veterinary care in a friendly and comfortable environment, you should visit Just for Pets Wellness Center. Just for Pets Wellness Center provides preventative medicine and treatment, and also advanced state-of-the-art veterinary dental care and surgery, all while keeping your pets safe and comfortable. For quality care for your pets and peace of mind for yourself, visit Just the Number Four Pets FL Vet to make an appointment today. All right, y'all, we back, we back. Hey, Oscar, I got a question for you. What you looking like there? I got a question for you. Uh, what is your most memorable Father's Day that you can remember? Come tell me on the mic. Going fishing. Going fishing was like the best time we did. You know, I'm from Florida, Broward County, Florida. And, um, yeah, we'll just get a loaf of bread, some worms, and go freshwater fishing. <laughs> wow. And, yeah, man. And after we cook, um, after we catch the fish, preferably catfish, we'll fry it up. You know, have some beans or some rice with that boy, and yeah, it was a good day. What's up? What about you, man? What's your most memorable Father's Day? I'm trying to think of the most memorable Father's Day for me, cause we we like celebrate whenever we get together. You know what I'm saying? So it's we talking about Father's Day. I'm trying to figure that out, but anytime. What's your most memorable day? You remember that? That you could just when that stands I, out. The day my dad taught me how to roller skate. The day my dad taught me how to ride a bike. The day he need. tried to teach me how to. Okay, this one. He tried to teach me how to drive a um, an stick. Order, a stick. Yeah, <laughs> damn near tore the clutch out. <laughs> I was to... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it it was yeah yeah yeah. I think my most memorable moment is I had asked my father one time. So my mother and father lived together, right? And I had left my debit card. Well, at least I told him I didn't have my debit card with me. And my mother had passed away at that time, right? So I said, Dad, I said, I said listen, listen, I left my debit card. I said, so give me a few dollars so I, I need to pick, go back home because I was living in Atlanta. He opened up his wallet. Number just 20s, just rolling in and everything. He pulled out uh, $20. Well, he pulled out $40. I said, oh. I said, you know, if you give me 20 more, my mama going to be so proud of you. He said, well, hell, she ain't going to be proud because I ain't giving you no more. <laughs> and we laughed about that. I said, boy, it killed him to give me that $40. Oh. That's one of my most memorable, funny moments that I can tell you about yeah. my pops. Yeah. You know, so. Any any good moment that you can just get a good laugh and a good experience and, and remember it years later, I think is 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 good. It's mm -hmm. a good Father's Day. So yeah. happy Happy Father's Day, Dad, and to all the dads out there. And like I say, you know, everybody who's a, a positive inspiration on anybody's life in this walk, this journey, mm -hmm. shouts out. You know, sometimes fathers get the the short end of the stick with the, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, you know, I think I've been hearing some fathers be just. They, I, don't, I don't think all. Of them, I think. You know, I think I think people promote that, but I don't think that's really the case because some of the the friends I have that fathers, yeah, 
Man, they kids love them. They love do a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, I didn't say together. it was just, was you know. <laughs> no, uh, not love, but they get they love. get no they get they don't get no short end of stick. As a matter of fact, I'm, I know uh, uh, a family. The, the, this lady calls me a godson. She said them kids care more about their dad than they do me. That's all she ever talked about. She said them kids care more about their dad than they do me. And matter of fact, this Father's Day they having a cookout. Wow. And for the Father's, she said they <laughs> they bought me something, sent me on my way. And, 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 you know, I, I just want to say this real quickly. I think I mentioned this last time about the, you know, seeing more and more, you know, on the street, especially here in Atlanta, you know, um, other fathers just, just with their children and the younger ones and, and, and walking them, you know, different places and just being with them and getting that time, man. That's that's a, that's a good feeling just seeing that, you know. Because yeah. Yeah. a lot of times, like you said, that's, that's not really, you know, put out there like that. So shout out to everybody. I'm, a, I'm a, uh, Greg. You got time to play the end us out with a, with a song? Or we got what you what what are you requesting? Whatever, your request? whatever, whatever he gonna give us. You gotta give me I, I gave I got I got oh, a okay. song. All right, well let's go with it yeah. then. Well let's take it out and take, let the music take it on. All right, right y'all. Thank y'all so much for listening to the Old Fashioned Health Show Between with Alvin and Edmund, where fashion meets health on the Old Fashioned Health Show on the Real 1100. All right, y'all be take safe. Take us out. listening to this special edition of Old Fashioned Health on The Real 1100. We hope the information provided will help in every way possible. For more information, please visit oldfashionedhealth.com. Tune in at this time next week and stay safe.